you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. This is not part of the sermon, but I just want to take a couple minutes and sit in this thought. There's a place in the Holy Spirit that we're all destined to go to. It is like the most holy place in the temple of the Lord. The most holy place was inside the holy place, inside the temple of the Lord. And many of us, like, it, to drive all the way to church and not enter in would be like driving all the way to the beach and not getting your toes there in the water. And I just prophesy to you that there is a place for you that you're destined to experience often and frequently. And it's a place, like Rachel was singing, uh, it's a place of rest. It's a place where you can be broken and vulnerable and exposed and loved at the same time. It's a place where you don't have to be strong or wise or gifted or confident. You can just be. And I I prophesy that over you because that's where we are strong. It's there when you visit that most holy place. And please understand, it's not in a church. It, It can be, and you can experience it here. But I, it's, your, it's your closet. It's the place where you go to to experience Jesus. Please visit the place in the spirit. It, it, you have to step out of the natural to go there. You have to step out of this room even though you step into this room. And I say that because like, it's there where God is untying so many things, so many burdens. You came in like heavy And you leave so fixed, right as the rain. But you got to go there. You got to allow yourself to enter in. You got to allow yourself to transcend this this place. And um, that's not part of the sermon, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about it. It may be the most important thing we say today. And uh, hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully the sermon is also (laughs) equally good, but we'll find out. Cool. Cool. Well, this sermon is in regards to some things the Lord was dealing with me about over the last few weeks. Some of you are visiting our church, and I just want to say welcome. But over the last month or so, we've had some really divine moments in this place. And it was a few weeks back, we talked about the the responsibility that we have as believers to forgive others. And, and, you know, we mark that message at least once a year, twice a year, because it is critical for us. It's, it's an essential part of the cross. But I, I often largely forget uh, the warfare that happens leading into it and the aftermath afterwards. And um, this week, I've been talking with people over the last couple weeks about what God's doing in their life. And many people have come back to me with this response and have come back to others in the staff with this response. And I just want to deal with it for a second. Many people have said that they've done something so bad that they don't know if they can ever forgive themselves. And I just, 
need to make sure that we address that because that thought doesn't come from Jesus. In fact, if you're really going to experience the kindness of the Lord, you're going to have to allow him to do the same thing he's done for a lot of other of us. You're going to have to let him redeem you. It's a moment that happens. I remember the moment in, 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 in Christ. In, it was uh, in Peter on the, the night the Lord would be betrayed on the, at the Last Supper when Jesus took his robe off and wrapped a towel around him and he started washing the disciples' feet. And like Peter, he said, No, no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part in my kingdom. I just think about that because I hear that in the church today. A lot of people with this great sense of pride. No, 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 you, you can't buy me that. No, no, you can't do that for me. I, I do that for you. And I just want you to know that like, sorry, but this thing called grace is going to happen and unfold in your life frequently. You're going to have to let people do things for you to show the kindness that Christ has showed them. And it's difficult. I remember I was raised by a single parent mom. My mom had three jobs sometimes when I was a kid. And she worked crazy hours. And I'm so proud of my mom right now looking back at how much she sacrificed to bring us up. But I can remember mom didn't want handouts. She didn't, she didn't want welfare. She didn't want to accept like money from other people. We were going to do it on our own or we weren't going to do it. And there was this great sense of pride that we have. But unfortunately, I also think that there's a degree that that can be a double-edged sword that is negative. You're going to have to let the Lord redeem some things in your life. And so today, I, I just want to let you know that I'm sensitive that there's some hurts in this room. There's some mistakes that were made some years ago that you did and that you're having a hard time letting go of. There's two things that I, I want to make sure you understand. Looking back is a dangerous thing in the kingdom of God, but you are going to have to have a moment where you revisit some things. Because if you don't, some, some people say, well, you just, you just forget it. Well, you don't just forget it. See, when you were hurt or when you did something really bad, you develop uh, like a, 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 a flinch to that thing. It's like a smell that your brain hardwires in. When you come to another moment again in your life where there's a similar altercation, your brain goes back there. And you remember the damage that you did and what went wrong and why you said it and how it happened. And you, you can't just forget it. You're going to have to let it go. I think about Elijah and Elisha and how when Elijah came to visit Elisha to give him his calling and his mantle, he, he was plowing in the fields and he said, like, if you, you want to come with me. And Elijah said, well, let me just go home and tell my mom, bye. I'm never coming home again. Let me just make sure that I kill these calves right now so I have no work to come back to. There's some things in your life you're going to have to visit and make sure that that is put in your past permanently. And in order to do that, you're going to have to let the Lord redeem you. Church, I don't want to be distracted right now by anything. Let me just make sure you understand. I believe in our lives, one of the most significant and powerful moments that we will ever experience in our lives is the moment we allow Christ to ransom us. 
And you may have to know what you did and feel again what you said and how you said it in order to get there. With that being said, would you all stand to your feet for the reading of God's word? Um, there's some people here that are like, you know, Pastor Tim, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't done or said anything. Well, let me just get us all on the same page then really quick and make sure you understand you have. And I'm going to show you from God's word because the word of the Lord is going to be quite powerful and direct here. I'm reading from 1 John chapter 1. It's one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. It's at the end, right before Revelation. And if you are not reading the Bible right now, read this wonderful book. So good. Here we go in verse 5. This message that we heard from Jesus, and we now declare it to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus with, his, with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. For if we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Well, there you have it. You all can all be dismissed. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> uh, Lord Jesus, would you help today? Amen. You can have a seat. I want to be redeemed. Lord, I want you to cleanse me of my sin. It's important for you to know that we all have sinned. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and verse 23 would say, for we're, There is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done things wrong. And it's important that once God forgives us, we allow it to be done with and put away with. But some of you are dealing with the aftermath of some things that you have, are having trouble letting go of. I don't know if you've ever seen the wonderful videos that float around on YouTube of the little children that are in the shopping stores that put their hand up in the vending machines and grab those, 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 those little uh, toys and how uh, this is on multiple YouTube channels and how they had to call out the fire department to come in and cut these machines open so they can get the little kid out. And they, they, his arm got stuck up in these vending machines only to find out that the little boy just had to let go of the toy <laughs> to get out. Some of us are holding on to some things that the Lord is desperately trying to get us to let go of. And when you understand that he loves you and the kindness of God, it's easier to recognize that he loves you knowing who you are and what you said and what you did and the damage that was done. Oh, to be redeemed, to be ransomed by the Lord. I wanted to read you seven promises of forgiveness in Scripture so you knew that this wasn't like a one-stop shop in Scripture, but these are the Lord's promises over our life. And man, as I read them, it was like I was 
they were getting louder and louder and louder. And I just kept hearing them. And I'm like, God, where's that verse? And I found it. And I found another. And all of these verses just kept coming up into my mind. So let me just read these prophetic statements from God's word over your life that's important for you to know about the forgiveness that the Lord offers. Check this out. One, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. I will never again remember their sins. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 said, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. I will never even think about it again, the Lord said. How powerful is that? Then he would go on to say, in Psalms chapter 103, verse 12, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Man, it's so beautiful to know that He is taking from us. He is purging us. He is, he is buying from us our sin. Come, let's settle this, says the Lord. I love my favorite part, man. Let's just settle this issue really quick, says the Lord. Though your sins are like a scarlet, I will make them as white as... Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Micah chapter 7 verse 19. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. I love this. The Lord is saying, I'm going to remove your sin from you. I'm trying to take it. Will you let it go? Will you let it go? Let it go. Let it go. You guys, you guys are there's hateful people in this church. You know. First John chapter one verse nine. But if we confess our sins to him, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Church, some of you are holding on to something the Lord is trying to wash you of. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. He says, And this is a new covenant that I will make with my people. And on that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and I will write them on their minds. He, he, then he says, I will never again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. Lord, we love you so much. You're so good. He's saying what's going to happen is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. He's going to start telling you what's right or wrong. You're going to know it because the Spirit's going to start living inside you. That's when you'll know that He's cleansing you. That's when you'll know that He's cleansing you. I don't care who you are or what age you are. The older that you get, the more likely you have some things in your backyard that need to really, you got to let them go. And sometimes you got to sit in a place of prayer. What I love to do is I'll sit in my prayer closet with a note with with a, just a, a notepad, and I'll just, Lord, what do I need to let go of? And I'll let the Holy Spirit remind me. People I hurt, things I said, and I'll write them down, and then one by one I'll go back and I'll repent. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And I'll take and I'll burn that sheet of paper. I don't know why, but I feel like burning it, is, it helps the earth just never again. I can't find that paper again. It's like in the depths of the ocean. 
And sometimes the Holy Spirit will ask me to call those people and revisit that moment that was long ago and apologize. And this is an important practice because some of you are stuck in a moment that happened years ago and you are still a prisoner and the Holy Spirit's calling you to freedom. He's calling you to a new day. Let's turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is a cool passage right here, guys. He says this, If it seems like we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Amen? And if we are in our right minds, it's, well, it's for your benefit. I love what Paul's saying there. He's like, if I don't seem crazy, it's for your good. But if you see me when I'm really being me, um, it's because I just love the Lord, you know? Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all died to our old life. Let me say that again. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all died to our old life. This is important because some of us that are having a hard time forgiving us of our old sins are having a hard time letting go of old sins. In other words, they're reoccurring and they're still living in your new life. We're going to deal with that right now together. Hold on, let me just stop and pray. Lord, this is happening in people's marriages. This is happening in people's cars. This is happening in their checkbooks. This is happening, God, in our lives. We're having a hard time letting go. We keep coming back to you saying, I'm sorry, and nothing's changing. And we're asking, God, that you would remove our sin from us and help us to put it in the past and leave it in the past that you would truly cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently now we know him. That's a magical thought. Think about that for a second. If, 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 if we only thought of Jesus as human, sometimes we forget that people are human. But we also then have to remember that there's a high call of God on their lives and that the Lord is changing them with his resurrection power, the same power that raised human Jesus from the dead Amen. so that we would recognize that he's not just human Jesus, but he's the son of God. Amen. He's the alpha and the lion of the tribe of Judah. The Holy Spirit is working in people's lives. And he says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has come. I say this over you and I say this over your friends and family and spouses. If anyone is in Christ, they're new creatures. If anyone is in Christ, we're new creatures. If anyone is in Christ, we're new. It's a new day. It's a new beginning and he's buried our sin, and we remember it no more. Now, if you're struggling with something, I need to remind you that the Father so loved the world, that the Father so loved you that he gave his Son for you. 
He died and was crucified and was whipped and was beaten and suffered a gruesome death so that we would be forgiven, so that our debt would be paid. We owed a debt that he, we could not pay. He paid a debt that we'll never be able to return to him. The old life is gone and now new life has come. And so today I want to lean into a couple thoughts as we deal with the old life and people struggling here within this community to forgive others of their sin or forgive yourself of yours. I want to remind you that um, everyone in this room has a past. Just like all of the heroes of the faith had a past. David was an adulterous murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. Moses was a murderer. Jacob was a liar. Jonah was disobedient. The woman at the well had many husbands. All these people had pasts. But in Christ, the power of redemption changed their lives. It was the blood that covers our sin that gave us a new day. These heroic people in Scripture had terrible pasts and were reconciled to the Lord and renewed and became a new creation. Some of you are struggling with pornography. Some of you are struggling with lustful thoughts. Some of you are struggling with disobedience or the words that you speak and the way that you treat people. Some of you are constantly reminding yourself that you step into carnality and you get into your emotions too much. And, and you're penalizing yourself over and over and over again. But you can't. You can't penalize you because it does no good. All we can do is allow Jesus to be penalized for us. Why, Pastor Tim? Well, let me take you there in Scripture, and I'll show you. That's a good question. How do I know that my sins are forgiven? Well, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Now we repent of our sins, and we turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. We don't believe in God just by our own beliefs. We want you to know that it's on His word that we have authority to recognize what truth is. So it's important that you lean back into truth, especially, church, if you're caught up in your own emotionalism. It's His word is, is greater than your feelings. His word pulls you out of your feelings. It tells you, no, you're being dumb. It's the Father's rod that disciplines us and says no and corrects us and reestablishes truth. It is only the Father that can say, you're dumb, I love you. And let me just make sure you know that fathers say that to their children, don't they, Micah, Andrew? <laughs> you're dumb, I love you. And we are dumb. It's the wisdom of man is, 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 can't compare to the foolishness of God. In, 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 in comparison to who the Lord is, we're all just wandering sheep. And we need Him. And we allow the Word of God to bring us back. So the Scripture says we repent of our sins. We ask the Lord to forgive us. But that means a change of life. So some of us are stuck in a, in a, in a cycle where we're coming back 
to it. We're coming back to it. We're coming back to it. Like, like a pig returns to its vomit. You know, we, 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 we just keep coming back to the same sin over and over and over again. Well, let's address that and let's change it. First thing we do is we repent. And then we turn to God so that our sins will be wiped away. We allow him to cleanse us. Like, like Jesus washing Peter's feet. Peter says, no, Lord, you can't do this. You have to. And I know it, I, if, I'm, if I'm honest, when the Lord is cleansing me, I don't feel worthy. In fact, that's one of my greatest prayers is, Lord, I'm not worthy. And one of the Lord's favorite answers to me is, yes, you are. And it's so beautiful when I remind myself of who I'm not. And it's even more glorious when he reminds me of who I am. You need to know you're valuable to him. And the love of God will pick you up. And it will. The scripture says that we're like royal diadems in his hand. We are precious. We're like jewels to him. We're going to sing this song in a minute. Isaiah said that, that he, he engraved our names in the palms of his hand. Oh, God. We are valuable to him beyond our understanding. So what do we do then if we have reoccurring sins and we have sins that we don't know how to get rid of? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring that your faith that you are saved. Now, let me show you something else. This is part two. Of that mindset. First, the first thing that some people are trying to come to the Lord you do is you confess Jesus' Lordship. Now watch this. Let me take you to 1 John and show you a very similar passage with a different tool. This is, this is James, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 16. The scripture says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great and powerful has great power and produces wonderful results. Church, yeah, this, what, let, let me make sure that I'm, I'm being clear. We say this week in and week out, week in and week out. We gather in rows, but we grow in circles. The scripture says here, if we confess our sins to one another, there's a mindset amongst Protestant believers that, that, that come out of the Catholic church that we don't have to confess our sins to anyone. That's not true. You don't have to confess it to a priest. You don't have to confess it to me. But beloved, we're all priests. You understand that? It's the call of God. We're all kings and priests. It's our royal priesthood. Yes, we do have to confess our sins to one another. It's what brings sin out of darkness and into the light. When you, when you confess sin to someone else, it breaks its power. Because what happens, listen, I know this because I'm the champion sinner. When I'm sinning and I'm a hiding it, I live in shame and I live in bondage. Because I don't want you to know that I have a past. I don't want you to know just how dumb I am. I don't want you to know that I'm selfish and at the core of me, I have the potential to hurt people. But when I confess it and I'm saying it to someone else, I'm putting it out into the light where the gospel of John says, he, the, where, where, where the light, darkness cannot comprehend it. Darkness must run from light. 
when you speak your sin out there, I don't understand it in the natural, but I'm telling you as a champion of someone who wants to love Jesus with all my heart, sin loses its grip on me. It's like he doesn't have anything to hold on to because all I want to do is love the Lord more. And so because I love Jesus, I hate sin. And because I hate sin, I love Jesus. And because I love Jesus, I'm going to tell you, hey, guys, I got this problem. I did this thing, and it was terrible, and I don't want to do it anymore. Can you pray for me? And the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man has powerful results. So they're going to lay hands on you because we're all priests because that's what the church was designed to do. If you have a reoccurring problem, pornography, lying, coveting, you're a bad steward of finances or your time, start confessing your sin. Or you're just going to go another lap around the wilderness. Here's what you need to know. The Lord wants to do things in our lives that he's, he's trying to grow us. Now, in John chapter 15, he said the, the vine dresser, he, he grooms. He's going to take some pruning. He wants to grow us into a beautiful thing, but you're going to have to let some things fall to the wayside. Otherwise, you just let it there. Dead branches will spoil a whole vine. Don't allow the dead things in your life to corrupt the good things. The Holy Spirit's addressing it like we're seeing here in Scripture. Get rid of it. Now, I'm going back to that first passage. I have some time left. I do. I do. Josiah, I have more time. It's like, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. In the first passage, he said that if we have fellowship with God, and, and, um, uh, so if we say we have fellowship with God, uh, then we live in the truth. We're living in the light as God is in the light. Then we have fellowship. If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. This is important because let me make sure you understand that we're living in 2023, a time where your cell phone is going to try to find a way to isolate you from actually dialoguing with other human beings. I love that we have this thing um, that allows those of you who are in your living rooms right now to watch us, but please know we have to be together. We need each other. One of the reasons why it's important to me that we close service on time is, uh, please understand, I, I, like every preacher, would love to just preach for three hours. I'm really good. My best sermon starts at an hour, you know? But it's more important that you guys talk to each other than you hear a preacher go on and on about more things because this is where you find accountability. This is where you find fellowship. This is where you find a friend that you relate to that carries each other's burdens. Church, we need to fellowship with one another. Be in a connect group. Grow. Talk to people. Confess your sins to one another. Grow. Buy someone lunch. Remember what people used to do in Scripture? They'd bring people over to their house. Remember when we bought these houses and we said, oh, we're going to have friends over, and then that never happened? Do it. Make people a meal. Laugh. Play a board game or cards. Talk about the Lord and life and things. Worship. Have a prayer meeting. Be together. You know what your, par your parents' favorite day of the year is? It's always the day that all of the kids gather around the table. 
The Father loves when we fellowship with one another. All right, I have to get back to my sermon. There's some good preaching right there. But it gets better at hour one, I think. You know? Just kidding. Hey, um, confess your sins to one another. It's important. How do I stop sinning? First thing I would encourage you to do if you want to break the power of sin in your life, one is confess your sin. That's important, right? Cultivate your love for Jesus. Watch this. It's in John chapter 14. Uh, he says this verse, and I used to read it differently than I read it now. I see it completely different. Watch this. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I used to hear it like, if you love me, you better keep my commandments. But I hear it now, if you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's entirely different thought pattern. But what I've learned is that as I begin to enjoy the presence of God more in my life, I hate it when I offend him. My stomach turns. I know, ah, I said that and it wasn't right. Coworker was around. No one saw what was going on inside me, but I know what just happened there because I love his spirit and I love the Lord so much that I don't want to offend him. And so when you cultivate your love for God, you're going to watch as your love for the things in this world falls away. So instead of trying not to sin, practice loving the Lord more. Practice loving scripture. Practice loving time in the word. Practice fellowship with believers. Practice loving the king and enjoying that secret place we talked about earlier. Rach, would you come? Um, and then uh, this is important here. Um, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the Father cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. All right, I have to say a couple other things. The next thing you need to do is you need to have accountability. So when you confess sins, what you're saying is, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Help me change. And I'm telling you right now, listen, when I, when I came to Christ, I was a hot mess. Way worse than now, if you can believe that. But I remember it took me months to shake off all the drug addictions in my life. And I'd find myself in the altar every week I'd get saved. Every week I'd get saved. Every week I'd get saved. And I'd begin to just love the presence of God. But I still had this old nature that had habits. And so I would constantly talk to people and ask them to pray for me. And as more people were giving me accountability, more people began to pursue me, what I began to realize is things started falling off. If you have to, if you have to ask Gary and Dana and Brian, hey guys, I've got these habits. No one knows it, but when I'm at home, I get these thoughts and they're terrible and I keep going back. Stop. Love the Lord. Honor the Lord. You're not the only one. David was a man after God's own heart. And not only did he have a terrible, adulterous relationship with one of his best friend's wives, but he had that guy murdered. That dude's a scumbag in the natural. And then the Lord puts a spirit on him. And he leads an entire nation to build a temple for the Lord so that everyone can experience the presence. You need accountability. You need, you can't do this alone. Church, 
There's a lot of things you can do on your own. You can grow a business. You, 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 you can get a degree. You cannot serve Jesus alone. Show me it in Scripture. You're going to need wisdom. Watch this. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Proverbs 15, 22. Fools think of their, their own way is right, but the wise listen to others and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You're just going to need to know that it's going to take an army here. It's going to take a village. It's going to take other people letting the Holy Spirit speak into your life. You have to trust people again. And that's hard if you've got hurts. I can't move on until we say this. So um, get, uh, will you just not let anyone come in? Just mean mug them at the door. Just mean mug them. What I also know is that there's a lot of situations that happen even in marriages where I've sinned and I've hurt you and I have an expectation that you should just forgive me. And that's hard because I know the call of God is for me to be forgiven. Like I have to forgive you. But how do I help you forgive me? Well, I, I, I learned that my life now is not my own, but I surrendered it to the Lord. So just as Jesus gave his life as a ransom to serve me, I'm going to have to learn to serve you if I hurt If you sinned against someone and you hurt them, there's a reason why it keeps coming back up, and it's not because they're not Christian. It's because you have a responsibility to reestablish trust. You have, see, see, the Lord has an advantage over people. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows where you're going to go and when you're going to come back. People don't have that luxury. They have to learn to trust again. And you know why that that's, that's, that's done? Is by transparency. It's by you saying, hey, look, we can go get counseling together. Hey, you know what we can do? We can, um, I, I, can I can give you every password in my phone. Hey, you know what else we can do? Is, um, I, we'll, we'll go talk to someone else and make sure that they know what's going on. You can't just make them stay in this place where they feel alone and scared that you're going to do it again. It's, you have to start learning how to figure out how to be vulnerable because they're scared. Yeah, they forgave you. They're having a hard time forgetting. And your vulnerability will help reestablish trust. It'll take time, but it's worth it. I'm speaking prophetically to some people in this room that are really having a hard time. Learn to be vulnerable and bring other people into this relationship and show them, I made mistakes. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Now you need to know if you've sinned and without the Lord's cleansing, you'll have no part in his kingdom. So can you close your eyes for a second all across this room? Everyone at home. I believe one of the most powerful and significant moments of my life is when I weigh my sin before the Lord and I ask him to take it from me. I want you to know the Lord loves you. And if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then you're going to need people. If you're here today and you're dealing with something in your past, you're trying to ask the Lord to make you new. If that's you, I just want to say a quick prayer for you. Can you raise your hand all across this room? 
God bless you. 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 Now look at me really quick. Let me just be your pastor for a second. As a, as a fellow lover of Jesus, I prophesy. I want you to go somewhere, sit by a lake, sit in your car, quiet place of your house, get a notepad out and write it down. Tell them you're sorry. And let the Father pay the price to ransom you. You're adopted. That adoption costs something. And it's so beautiful when you let the love of God wash over you. And when no one's there, it just makes it so much more glorious. That's when you know that you know that you know that he lives. And your Redeemer is in the room. We're going to have some people down front after service. If you want someone to pray with you, I'm going to say a, a, a prayer. love you guys and I'm thankful to be here with you. I'm going to pray that I have two announcements and we'll dismiss. Jesus, I give you my life and I give you my past and my failures and my flaws and my hang-ups and my insecurities and my brokenness. I give you my life. Change me. Teach me to love you. Teach me to enjoy your love for me. Teach me to enjoy your authority and your power and your glory and your kingdom and your voice. I ask that you'd cleanse me from all my unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come into my life. to dismiss, but I got to ask you a favor and then give you a quick praise report. You guys got time for a second? Can we bring the house lights up just a little bit? First, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor that it requires me a little bit of vulnerability. I asked this twice to our church and I felt like y'all ghosted me and no one did anything. And I'm in a place right now where I need our church to come through. Over the next couple weeks, I believe the Holy Spirit's telling me that we need to have testimony Sundays. And I asked the church in the past, and I got almost no rits for me. There are people here that need to know what the Lord did in the worst season of your life. Some of you had to go through hell, and the Lord walked you out the other side. And we need to know about it. And so maybe it was a miracle in your body, a miracle in your finances, a miracle in your marriage. I don't know what it was, but you needed the Lord, and He came through. And there's other people that need to know he can do for them what he did for you. Please download our app. And there's a place in there for you to give a testimony. Fill out that testimony and hit send this week. So I'm going to call on some of you whether you like it or not. Some of you, I'll say it for you. I know who you are, Miss Kelso. She's already mad at me. And I already... Second thing I want to tell you, really quick testimony. Some of y'all don't know because you don't have Slack, but that's how we communicate to our church. We asked last week um, for some finances, and um, I, I've never been more confident than I am now 
27,000 we got last week. And so um, uh, you just need to know, I'm telling you right now, this month, I think we're going to get like $60,000, and I don't know where it's coming from, in addition to paying uh, our missionaries and the local, the local outreaches and all the things that we do with the monies that come in. Thank you guys so much. There's more reports to come in. Uh, this week we painted upstairs. You'll hear about it next week. We're going to have opportunities to serve in the new building next week. You'll hear about it then. I love you guys with all my heart. There will be prayer warriors down front if you need prayer. I love you guys. Go to your secret place and download the app and testify. I love you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.